Woohoo! I'll do a All clap right. so I know how to sync them. Uh, <laughs> okay, hold on. Maybe. Oh, but that <laughs> yeah. won't. We're gonna clap together. This won't work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. Ready? One, two, three. Two. Clap. The Deep Place Podcast on creativity and spirituality. Friends, a huge welcome to this new season of the Deep Place podcast. It's been like over 18 months since we've got together and brought out one of these episodes. So we are really excited to get into season two. We're going to be talking as always. Joy and I will be doing various episodes together. We're also going to be having lots of different interviews with really incredible people from photographers to hip-hop dancers to painters a fashion designer singer songwriters lots of different creative artists at all different levels within their creative career within creativity just as a hobby just as the thing that they love we're going to be talking with creatives about how creativity moves and stirs and inspires their life Uh, but not only that we're also going to be bringing a few different types of smaller episodes we'll be scattered throughout uh, the Deep Place podcast season this year, however long this season lasts for. We have no idea. Um, And and so one of these is going to be deep thoughts. These will be small reflections about life and creativity uh, brought to you that just stuff that we've been thinking about recently and also deep inspo which is kind of sharing and reflecting on writings and the creative works from others that have inspired us in in hopes that they might do the same. So we are in for a huge season in the Deep Place podcast. It's so exciting to be back sharing with everyone who uh, has been listening, even while we haven't been creating over these episodes over the last while. So many people have gotten on board to the Deep Place podcast community and, and we've heard from lots of people about how much it's inspired and change their lives so it's wonderful to be here wonderful to share our stories with you again sit back grab a cup of tea or a coffee or a wine if it's late at night where you might be and uh, enjoy this first episode as joy and i have a little chat Let's do this. Joy Prouty. Oh, John McCarroll. Back in the house. (laughs) All in opposite houses. (laughs) Yes, across the world from each other. I know, I have to get used to you with your shorter hair. Short hair. I mean, you look so much younger. Thanks. You're like a a young boy learning about life all over again. (laughs) That's what I feel like. (laughs) Is that what 2020 feels like? Yeah, it really does, doesn't it? Yeah. Learning how to do life again. Yeah. It's so nice to get to connect again back on the deep place. We haven't got to chat like as the deep place podcast for like a long time. I know. It feels like the rest of the world has now jumped in and joined us in the deep place because of 2020. (laughs) (laughs) They could not help but join in. Yes. I don't know if it's jumping in and joining us. That sounds like we're frolicking in the deep place. We're like jumping in and drowning in the deep place. Perhaps. We're all gasping for air in the deep place. Yes. Hopefully not pulling each other down to try to get some oh. air or something. Well, there's definitely been a little bit of that in my house for sure. <laughs> yeah. In your yeah, because because since since the last deep place, I mean we've just been bludging and nothing's been happening in our life really. But um, yeah. but possibly also you've had like. 
what, your 10th, 12th, 13th <laughs> child? I love that you no. always forget the number of children I have. <laughs> this is good. This It gives justification to the overwhelm that my mind feels knowing yeah. that, uh, that you also cannot remember. Um, so, yes, I... I we have a new addition, which he's now almost a year old. So wow, his birthday man. will be next month. And he's almost That's walking. Amazing. And um, yeah, so that just that came. We were we weren't sure if he was gonna make it or you know what what it was gonna be like. Um, and we we really uprooted our lives and moved closer to town. Uh, because of me being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes during the pregnancy and just so much going on. And he was born and we exhaled and just, you know, sat in that miraculously vulnerable place. And then, then the pandemic hit. And so I think in a way we've kind of been like, we were holding our breath for so long and there was this momentary exhale and then just kind of that same feeling for all you know what we've all now been experiencing yeah yeah like it's hard to believe that in I feel like I mean everyone's had a hard time during this pandemic but to have such a full-on time for like the year beforehand going through pregnancy and being diagnosed with diabetes and then having the pandemic on top of that that's just (laughs) like shit piled on shit piled on shit piled on shit I know well I just felt like in a way like I was it was it had prepared me you know, I had already kind of been grounded, yeah. you know, like really I had to learn what it meant to be grounded. And so we really dug into just the idea of being present with one another because we didn't really know what else, how everything was going to work out. And I think that's really been the theme of what we've been still the journey we've been on. And what I think so many people have been walking through is we're going through this global pandemic, but on, on the opposite sides of the world. Um, but like clinging to the same life raft of creativity. How do we sustain, um, you know, what is for us when everything else falls away? Yeah. What did, can I ask you, what did just off the top of your head, what, what has it been for you? And maybe this is where our conversation can start today. Like what, Mm -hmm. how did you get through all of that? Like perhaps they're two Mm. distinct times and different things helped you in those or what? Um, Well, I think when, when storms come, you know, I I felt like I I was really, there wasn't really a choice in being able to survive. I think I I was in Mm. a scenario where, because I was already almost in the second trimester of my pregnancy, when I was diagnosed with type one, um, I didn't really have a choice to neglect myself because I was literally carrying this human life that was completely, it's the, the chance of survival was completely dependent upon how well I took care of myself. And for someone, obviously like we've talked a lot about how I'm highly sensitive, Enneagram four, like neglecting myself has kind of been like a strong (laughs) theme of my life. (laughs) Um, and so to have to now, take care of myself in a way that was like take better care of myself than I ever had before that someone else's life depended on it it made me develop so much self-compassion and it allowed me to get to a place of peace where I knew like there was only so much I could do and my doctor came to me halfway through um 
a couple months after being diagnosed. And she said, Joy, you're doing such a great job with your diabetes because you're viewing this as an art and wow. not a science. Wow. And that really stuck with me. And I, I, I thought of you, Joel, so much when I was considering that because what does that mean? And I started thinking about how I think that's really the way, it's the way I shifted my perspective and how I've really thought about this whole last year during the pandemic how what what now what in this place of like it feels like there could actually be certain death yeah you know staring it down um and to view something as an art it means you can't stress about it being perfect um it's open-ended um i had to flex my creativity when it came to being kind to myself and practicing gentleness because with type one, like I didn't realize how many different considerations go into what spikes your blood sugar or makes it fall. Stress is a major contributor. When I would, I would like note, I had a, I have a meter now that tells me like, I'll notice when I would get in an argument with my husband, wow. I'd get like angry with the kids or like something would happen that I would think I was in control of. I would look at this meter and I would see my numbers just spike into the mid 200s from like, you know, they would double and I would have to become aware of like, okay, I don't really have a choice but to start really looking at what is causing these fluctuations of my spirit, of my mind. And how can I view this as a creative challenge which means it starts with kindness. It means it starts with noticing. Um, and I've just tried to be so give so much more grace and gentleness to myself. And with what I'm making, like <clears throat> I also started losing my eyesight and I started thinking, oh my gosh, I'm wow, an artist. Joy. I'm a visual artist. You know, what do I do now? And so really it was a place of like, maybe maybe everything has to change. Yeah. Which is like what 2020 is. Yeah. Maybe everything has to change. And maybe this means instead of looking outward to make my art, now this is a season of really spending a long time inward so that what I give is just the overflow because I got energy for nothing else. I love that idea of um, changing, having to change the way that you have are seeing everything like and it kind of I see what you mean that it kind of gave you what everyone else had to learn during the pandemic it's like you got to learn beforehand not to say that the pandemic has been easier for you because of that but I think like you said it gave you a groundedness to view the pandemic as maybe I need to look at this to get through this will require an art form in some speak rather than just well it made me really start to view creativity in a way that I really had to start living it with my actual breathing, living, eating, Mm. you know, like everything has a formula now. Like I could easily get frustrated with things not equaling what it should equal, but that's when I have to back up and realize, okay, like what else is going on here? What can I look at? What can I assess? How can I use my gift of creativity, which we all have in this moment that it seems yeah. like creativity is not welcome here. Like there's no place for it. I have to find a way to let it in. Yeah. Because, and because you, I mean, business wise, obviously you, you can't do face to face photography during the pandemic. Um, yes. and with, with you, uh, your sickness and stuff, like you can't get out there. Like mm. how have you, how have you cope? Uh, I love that you're, um, 
that creativity had to become something that isn't just about taking photos, but it's about the way that you shape your life. Like that's, that's something, mm. so something for all of us in the midst of that with your, with yes. your, what did you do with your photography? Has it, has it still been there? Has that creative practice still been there for you? Yeah. Well, um, at the online forum, everything has really shifted where I was, yeah. le- I would really lean so heavily upon intimacy as the thing that was the most important component of the work I was making, the work I was doing yeah. in person, whether it was photographing people or, you know, workshop experiences. I, I had to think, okay, this has been accomplished. This, this level of depth in my work, the vulnerability of my work has been accomplished up until now because of yeah. this intimacy level in person. So what, what does it look like now for people? Maybe what I've done is I've given them these mountaintop experiences. Maybe what people need is I need to go even deeper and figure out what is the nourishment and the sustenance that is can sustain people ongoing. Yeah. Um, and so it's just been a deeper dive into uh, exploring more of what I have to share that maybe I hadn't gleaned before, right? Like there's more of an assessing of like what other things are here that I haven't yet shared. Yeah. Have you, have you been doing like um, your own creative projects, like your own creative stuff in the midst of all this, or has that been out the window with um, everything? <laughs> well, we were homeschooling up until the pandemic. So the level of noise in our home has been the same. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can't we yeah. can't go as many places before, but the same, you know, the level of trying to accomplish things while also juggling yeah. a million other things. That's kind of been a theme for us on <laughs> for all long of your, term. All of your, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I think, you know, I've been expe- I've been trying to, you know, the same way that I was talking about letting creativity come in and viewing things more as an art instead of a science with my diagnosis. I'm trying to view my parenting that way. Um, You know, like letting the camera become more of a um, extension of me rather than something that I pick up when I feel strong enough, you know, trying to just really make things feel more comfortable in the way that the creativity process comes through me instead of viewing it as a task. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, you said something before about you and uh, your husband. One of the ways you getting through this was learning about like being present to each other. Yes. Um, present to yourself, present to each other. Tell, tell us more yeah. about that. Well, I think, you know, Joel, you and I talk about this so much and you have been one of my greatest teachers in helping mm. me to understand that our approaching our inner life, spirituality and creativity and imagination and self, you know, growth, like everything that spurs from the center of us, um, it's all connected. And so Mm. I think presence is the thing that it all comes down to, that all of these threads that if you pull one, like what you're left when it's all threadbare is presence. In being together so much and not having an escape, you know, we definitely have had to draw close to each other because we oh, we have drawn away, <laughs> but that never ends well, yeah. you know. And yeah. like, you know, if the goal is to actually be able to communicate with each other, it's a wonderful idea, right? We talk about it so much, like, oh, just be present. You know, this is the cell for everything. Yeah. I say, oh, this is the thing that's at the root of it. Well, let's just be present, okay? Uh, but unfortunately. When you have spent so much of your life stuffing everything and numbing so much of your pain and grief, when you enter into presence, uh, 
what it is is it's you're entering into a place of vulnerability and mm. you start to time travel when you enter the present like your mind wants to go in the future what worries do i have yeah. in front of me yeah. or into the past or like in the grief the grief has made its way in and and mm. when you're trying to be present you think oh it's all going to just fall into place but then mm. you enter in and you realize oh my gosh this place is like i have to now look at all that grief everything's bubbling up now everything that i was numbing and stuffing down well now here it is and this is terrifying and then it's like and you have to decide and i think a lot of people have this year i'm looking at it am i going to stick around and hold space for it with you hmm. which is what we've had to do which is you know has beautiful moments but it feels hmm. really um frustrating and impossible most of the time so i think you know creativity is we have to approach presence uh in relationships we have to approach presence we have to make a choice to stay to stay long enough to get the message or yeah. to to listen and yeah i know up until this year i was doing a whole lot of talking like I, I and I've had to start to listen and I've found mm. that there's so much cool stuff inside my husband like he has all these <laughs> amazing ideas and because I was doing so much of the talking like there wasn't room for them to come out before Just a real quick interruption into this wonderful conversation we're having. Um, I wanted to let you guys know about two things. If you're if you are a lover of the deep place and you really uh, would enjoy learning some more from either myself or from Joy, I want to tell you quickly about two things that you could get into. One of them is Joy's online course. It's called ApertureOfTheHeart.com. It runs at various times of the year. Uh, if you listen to this first episode straight away, then in just in a few days' time, uh, you could register to do this course. And it's all, it's for women and it's for people who are interested in photography. You don't have to be a photographer, but just people who love visuals and would like to use photography to really explore the way that they see the world. Uh, her website says the goal is to change the way you see, seeing through the aperture of the heart instead of just the eyes, the kind of seeing where dust becomes wings and meaning illuminates the everyday mundane like gold. It would be an amazing, amazing course in the forest. If you go to uh, uh in the next running of it is at the start of February in 2021. Uh, it will run at the same time the following year as well. Um, and it's a course that's totally focused on the creative process. For those who are writers or who are interested in writing, uh, it's about delving into your inner life through writing and looking at how can you go from a blank page all the way through to finding inspiration and crafting something out of that. Um, uh, and so I'd love you to have a look at that course as well if you are interested in doing some more with either me or Joy. Go and check them out. Often, I think, as you said, when we think of presence, we think of slowing down and becoming present and that becomes a beautiful moment. Um, but as you said, it's actually slowing down, becoming present becomes a facing the darkness moment and perhaps that is why we um why we choose not to slow down in our lifestyles and in our mm. the way that we interact um i was reading 
uh, where is it? I was reading this the other day. Um, Christine Walter's painter. She runs Abbey of the Arts, um, which is like an online arts, creativity, spirituality. She's really amazing. She wrote a wonderful book called The Artist's Rule. Um, nurturing your creative soul with monastic wisdom like it's Mm. brilliant it's really really brilliant and one of the quotes just at the start um, that she shares from a lady um, who's a Benedictine who has passed away I think she passed away this year actually Macrina um, Weirdurka I'm not sure how you say her last name she said um, and don't we all with fierce hunger crave a cave of solitude a space of deep listening full of quiet darkness and stars until finally we hear a syllable of God echoing in the cave of our hearts. Mm. It's such a beautiful quote. When I read that, I mean, it's saying kind of what I feel like you were saying is um, it's like we crave, we crave solitude. We crave it. Um, but then when we're faced with it, we go, oh, no, it's a little too dark. Like th- yes. it's a little <laughs> it's a little too dark and we walk the opposite way. But actually, when we can stay, when we walk out of a bright room and we look up, we see the darkness and the stars we can hardly see. But it's only when we choose to stay there in the dark, the stars become brighter, like we actually mm. begin to see them. And so in that cave of darkness to see the stars and when we choose to stay there to then that's when we hear how does she say it the we hear a syllable of god echoing Mm. in the cave of our hearts like that's where we meet god in that dark place that Mm. that starry dark place oh i love that that starry dark place idea Mm. you know instead of thinking it you know dark night of the soul this the starry dark night yeah that's 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 a a whole different that because that's a whole new thing yeah there's wonder there (laughs) not a new thing but yeah there is yeah yeah dark night of the soul is is often how we talk about it because it feels like that but even in the midst of that dark night there is starriness Mm. um of course, I'm thinking of Vincent at the moment, Starry Night, <laughs> yes. and the the dark season of his soul that mm. that went for such a long time in his life, but mm. still his ability to see the starry night, to see the brilliance and the beauty in the midst of the darkness. I think maybe that should be our expectation of presence rather than that presence is the, the answer or the salve for everything. Instead, you know, presence is going to always be like the starry night and those stars Mm. are those glimpses of wonder right your child's laughter or that that you know dancing in the kitchen kind of feeling in the midst of like you get you realize you can't pay all the bills but you just dance anyway right like the (laughs) the stars are the dance yeah Um, I am I can I can I read a poem for us I would love that because I wrote a poem that is around this stuff during, this was like Ooh. right at the start of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, um, I went, so when the pandemic started, I was over in your land for like 12 hours. Oh, that was just <laughs> madness. I know you were so stuck. It was, it was not a fun time. Um, yeah, I kind of left uh, Australia and flew over. And as I'm on the plane is kind of when, everything just 
like it was that weekend that those two days where it would just excel it where everyone was like oh crap this is the this is gonna be the thing like this is it yes. um and like my prime minister made his announcement and trump made he one of his first announcements and, and then everything started shutting down so i arrived there to go to a creativity conference um i was in san francisco to start with and um and then 12 hours into that i got the call to say the conferences was cancelled uh, so I was like, well, I guess I just buy a flight to catch uh, the next flight home. And then that gosh. flight was delayed and then cancelled. And uh, to get like, it was just ridiculous. I was in planes and airports for it was something like 36 hours over like a three, two, oh, three gosh. day period. It was it was crazy. So I was to begin the beginnings of my pandemic was not a fun time. <laughs> yes. Um, but um, coming out of all of that, I mean, some beautiful things helped me in the midst of that, like um, uh, some of the movies that I was watching <laughs> um, on even like on the aeroplane trip over there. I was watching Jojo Rabbit. Oh, yes. Have you seen Jojo Rabbit? Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> beautiful, like epically beautiful. And yes. Um, and the Mr. Rogers movie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and these things have just stayed with me. Yes. Like the whole time, the the hope and beauty in Jojo Rabbit of this little kid who faces off when when Nazi Germany arrives at his village and um, and he he is able to get through it all in the midst of everything that I've been facing. Like I just keep on seeing Jojo Rabbit's face, this little kid's face pop wow. up, and I'm like, if Jojo can do it, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. What would Jesus do? Bracelet. This, but this is yeah. Jojo Rabbit's face for you. What would JJJ do? What would JJJ? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is great. We all we all need something to to visualize. This is good. Yeah, yes. yeah. It was really beautiful. And so I got back from that, and I, and then was in um, was in enforced lockdown to start with straight away, and and this is in the midst of that first lockdown. So we in Australia, in Victoria, where I'm from, in Australia, we went through a lockdown to start with. Um, and then um, we were out of that for a while and then it hit again big time and so Mm. we went into kind of extreme lockdown for about two months and now we've just come out of that which is lovely Um, and so we are experiencing some freedom here in Australia which is wonderful Um, but it was in that first lockdown this is when I wrote this and this has stayed with me kind of the whole time as well and I thought it might be nice to read now There is a way in the midst of constriction to still find expansiveness. There is a small path that may lead you on yet. It is not clear in these moments, but it is there, waiting, before you, waiting. When the world feels small, it is waiting, a path. And it begins with a choice. It begins with not shaming yourself for who you are right now. Wherever you are right now, it begins with a soft acceptance. The kind of holding yourself that occurs in front of the fire, or under a hot shower, or reading under the covers. When you cannot move outward, there is an invitation inward. To put down your guilt long enough just to sit on the kitchen floor and drink in the sunlight. Do not hide in the nook of darkness that promises what it cannot give. Find rest where there was shame and let yourself be found 
and dance then to the sound of all you have brought into this world, the path through it all begins right here. In the midst of the lonely hours or the constant wrangling of children, or when work is disappearing and the people are dying and when you are living with the ones you love who drive you insane or you are living with the ones you once loved now stuck with or you are living without the ones you love who are stuck somewhere else, it begins here. It begins with choosing peace. In a sea of confusion and calling and frustration and the boring, go slow into this. Pull into yourself for a time a moment. Place your head against the window. Breathe mist upon the glass. Let the world rush by. It begins with the beauty and the beautiful. So look again every time something new. Look again the curiosity outside and inside. Stare at it like you stare at the flame. Kindle the flame, this thing that rises up inside you. For if something is still growing inside you, then entropy cannot prevail. It's the audacity and the persistence of your burning, of your raw humanity, of life in all its spit and all its glory. Kindle that flame. It begins with thanks, with thankfulness. Can you give thanks even now, right here? This is where it begins. A path before you, and I urge you, take that first step. It will not be easy, this choice to stand when you cannot stand, to surrender when you can, to walk forward, though nothing around you may change. May you know that down this path, actually, everything changes, for you begin to change. Oh, oh Joel. That's my pandemic poem. Mm. That's what I that's what I needed to write mm. for myself. Oh, that's I, I have missed your voice. Uh. <laughs> Thank you for that gift. Oh, we really mm. needed to hear that. Yeah. Thank you, Joel. Yeah. I needed to find that path for me in the midst of kind of the darkness of my mm-hmm. pandemic times. Mm-hmm. Um and be able to um, yeah, like we we were in homeschooling, um, and um, which you were, which you, as you said, you'd been homeschooling all this time. I had not been, and and um, my favorite was to get getting... your texts when you would just say, "How do you do this?" All caps, all caps. <laughs> oh, welcome to the jungle, Joel. <laughs> yeah, welcome to homeschooling life. It was fun. It was fun. Now he's now my son's back at school, so I'm cheering. It's wonderful. But um, <laughs> but when I'd like when basically I lost all of my work yes. um, and uh, except for the online stuff. And so no festivals or schools or conferences, like all of that gone. Um, and was homeschooling, was trying to work out how to transition into online kind of space mm-hmm. more, et cetera, et cetera. And I just, like, I just hit those moments. There was a few moments. Um, one of them was when I wrote this poem where I was just like, I'm, um, done how how do, and maybe another was when I texted you how the hell do you do this <laughs> and another actually another actually was really um interestingly when creativity I think got me through as well it has it's a creativity really has got me through mm-hmm. this time like in in beautiful ways in unexpected ways um one of them I'll say in a second about 
uh, a book that I was reading to my kids, but um, but also in unexpected ways of like painting mm. and woodworking and because I couldn't like when I'm homeschooling, I couldn't um, have the space to, to write poetry really as I'm trying to do whatever with my son homeschooling. Mm. But um, but I could sit there with a watercolour um, painting open and just come and just kind of dabble, dab at it a bit and play with it a bit. Mm. And because that's actually that's something that since we did deep place podcast last time painting is a new thing for me like i'd never even picked up a paintbrush i never thought that i could paint or draw or anything like that Uh, well you can and (laughs) (laughs) and it became this thing for me another wonderful creative outlet um which is another story in and of itself but so that got me through and woodwork and all these things and i but i remember the day i remember reading one of the days that really got me through was writing that poem and then another was reading um reading Alice in Wonderland Mm. to my children Mm. and I hadn't read Alice since I was like a kid like I couldn't remember of course I remember the story and I remember watching it and Mm. um uh, the Disney old Disney movie etc but I hadn't picked it up and really read it again I don't know if you have since you were a kid oh yes well imagination saved you huh oh totally like reading that to the both of them to my kids was like um I got to the there was one I got to the end and uh it's the part just after um Alice kind of comes out of her dream Mm -hmm. the very last page and her sister is kind of reflecting on it Mm. and her sister uh is talking about how um she could hear like the um, the cows in the meadow over there and the sounds that are all around her and how they became the different sounds that were in um, that were in the story. Yes. Um, and then she talks about Alice and she says, oh, I need to I need to find it. I need to read it if I have it here. Wait a second. <laughs> Found it. Let me just read this Perfect. last little bit to you. So she sat on with closed eyes and half believed herself in Wonderland. This is Alice's sister. Mm-hmm. Though she knew she had to but open them again and all would change to dull reality. The grass would be only rustling in the wind, the pool rippling to the waving of the reeds, the rattling teacups would change to the tinkling sheep bells, the queen's shrill cries to the voice of the shepherd boy, the sneeze of the baby, the shriek of the griffin, all the other queer noises would be the confused clamour of the busy farmyard. And lastly, she pictured to herself how this same little sister of hers would in the aftertime be herself a grown woman and how she would keep through all her riper years the simple and loving heart of her childhood and how she would gather about her other little children and make their eyes bright and eager with many a strange tale perhaps even with the dream of wonderland of long ago and how she would feel with all their simple sorrows and find a pleasure in all their simple joys remembering her own child life and the happy summer days Mm. that's how the book ends and i was just Mm. in tears reading this because i think in in the like in one of those moments of just going oh this is so hard and so frustrating it just reminded me as i'm reading this story to my kids i am the one now in my riper years let's put it like Mm -hmm. that um and i'm gathering these other little children my children around me and i'm making their eyes bright and eager with many a strange tale like this is my it was one of those kick in the butt moments mm. of this is my role now to 
to bring life, to bring beautiful, imaginative stories to my kids, to see their eyes wide with one. I read that to them yes. and I read Narnia mm-hmm. to them over lockdown as well, all the different Narnia books. And, um, and just to see them, to see what these beautiful imaginative worlds mm. opened up in my little kids, but then opened up in me as well. Yes. Like when I chose to go there and allow and allow fairy tale to become true for me again, something just beautiful blossomed in me. It was amazing. Mm. It was so amazing. Did it feel, did it feel like it took a lot of extra effort or, you know, cause I think people think if they let their guard down to play, like uh, mm. so, I, something horrible is going to happen. Or there's this, this kind of terrifying moment that keeps us grownups from entering in. So can you talk yeah. about that a little bit? Yeah, um, I, I can because it's, I face it so often, not just in these moments, but always in my, like I'm, a, I'm the Enneagram 3, you're Enneagram mm-hmm. 4, I'm Enneagram 3. So I'm, I'm, constantly, um, I'm constantly chasing, producing, making, getting, wanting this to be better and this to be, and like I'm constantly entrepreneurial, whatever you mm-hmm. want to say, constantly driven and um. And the shadow side of that is I miss. I miss these moments. So firstly, for me, I I tend to miss the moments of play, like when I when I am called to them. Mm. Um, I am so focused on what I'm doing that I miss it. But the pandemic and homeschooling forced me to. Like I I had to, mm-hmm. and it was beautiful for me. Like talk about stars in the dark, starry darkness. Yes. Um, like we, when I really got to embrace that, we. I just went, well, like, screw it. We're going to, like, I would go out with Aiden instead of just doing, like, the the one task that he had to do for that day with my kid. I'd go out and, and we'd make, like, a movie together, mm-hmm. a still motion together, and we'd be, and we'd go out and do a whole movie about a troll chasing the kids and we'd write oh, it, it with so them and record great, it with Joel. them. It was so great, I just... It was so great. I just... <laughs> Oh, did you see yes, it? Yes, you, see you it? sent it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so could, it was like we just got to have yeah, fun. I could we got feel and it. I got to have fun embrace that again. Mm. Yeah, I could it was contagious because it made me start thinking, "Oh, I'm not I'm I'm viewing my children as distractions instead of guides." You know, like the overwhelm, yeah. the overwhelm has caused me to forget that they are actually pointing me towards presence like you but you you entering in made space to then remind me which then influenced my children which then you so it's like your your play then affected eight other people in my household yeah creativity is contagious in the most wonderful way yeah which is uh, which is so back to alice like that's that i could um, bring starry-eyedness into my own children mm. through creativity and then in the midst of that uh, your own children were able to have starry-eyedness as well <laughs> like that's just wonderful that's so lovely yes yeah so then so do you just how, how do you put it out of your mind Joel or do you just make the decision and you try not to hesitate you know what was the switch that you I th- I think it really was like a choice it was the so I make because I'm a passionate like I'm a feeling passionate person mm-hmm. um if I make a choice in a passionate moment like me in tears reading Alice in Wonderland or 
Narnia and and going Aslan is on the move (laughs) and having that like move me to tears as well in the midst of our own winters um when I make a choice in those moments um I like I have to make a choice otherwise it's just like it's you know it's those those mountaintop moments become nothing unless there's a decision made in the midst of them so I learned many years ago that when I when I have a beautiful experience Mm -hmm. a starry moment a mountaintop moment in the midst of that I need to make a commitment like I need to make a choice Mm -hmm. um that when I come down the mountain I will be I will be different. I will see things differently. Mm. And I don't always live... I'm not saying I'm I'm just as good as anyone else at choices and commitments. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, when I make it in the midst of those moments, not just have the moment experience it, but be like, no, okay, I'm choosing now. I want, I'm going to yes. see things differently coming out of here. Then it's that choice that then um, leads, I think, to the choices again and again and again, like the everyday choices Mm -hmm. coming out of that, which leads into the rhythm and the discipline of it, that even though, I mean, again, it's exactly the same as our creativity, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Like we have those moments of flow that are beautiful and wonderful and the creativity is there. And, and if we just leave it at that, our creativity is not like not going to go anywhere. It's, it's only when we make that commitment and then in the slog of it, in the hard times of it, we've made the choice and so we live out the choice the same as relationships mm-hmm. the same as you and donny being present the mm-hmm. same as marriage like relationships creativity all these things they're just they're the commitments that are chosen and lived out together yes. to listen and be present but i think it's it's choice mm-hmm. and commitment and discipline and putting your butt on the putting your butt on the seat <laughs> and writing and writing yes. and writing and writing yeah i I really appreciate what you said about it being a choice because I think that's where a lot of people don't know what to do, you know, and I, I, um, I wonder if there might be a way for us to give some simple advice. So how people can, you know, if they're, if they're doing all this work (laughs) to enter into the present and they have this moment, this wondrous moment, this pure laughter or this awakening (laughs) moment or this, you know, this spark, you know, like, yeah. what advice would you have? I know both of us are creativity coaches. You know, are you putting it, do you say, write it down, put it on a post-it, put it on your bathroom window? Like, what are some kind of things like that that we can offer some some suggestions for people? Great, great idea. Um, one of the things for me definitely is writing it down, just as you said. Um, I, I try to write those commitments down, and whether it is like a sticky note that I have somewhere or whatever it might be. Um, I'll often try to um, pick something up as well Hmm. to not just write it down, but to have some kind of, so when I have these moments, I try to find a something that becomes a symbol for me, Hmm. Um, something that I can come back to. And when I hold it again, I'm I'm reminded of that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like a piece of art, like making something of it. Or what? Give me an uh, example. No, not even that. Even just like a stone on the ground, mm. like a um, just an anything that is around me. Because I, I think that um, when our commitment, when our when it's still up in our head and just a choice, um, we can easily forget it. But when when there's something that embodies it, when it becomes something physicalized, mm. um, then it. And when I when I have that thing again in my hand, so I often. 
uh, I'll have stones and stuff that I carry around in my pockets sometimes and um, just things that from all over, like my travels and all different times mm. um, that, that remind me of moments uh, that I need to remember something. Yes. Um, a memorial stone of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. I love that's that, right. Joel. Yeah. That's great. What about for you? What do you think? Um, well, I think, I think, you know, I often write on my arm, <laughs> you know, mm. ha- just having something in visual length of where I am because, because my mind yeah. is constantly repeating so many thoughts trying to remind myself to do something new is really important yeah um yeah because i know that the that the problem that i always end up back at at is the same problem that i've been hitting Mm. for years and years and years and years and years which is low Mm -hmm. self-worth or thinking about what other people think about what i'm making or thinking about the end product or thinking about the future or worries or fears or, you know, all of that. <laughs> so what yeah. can I do to combat yeah. that? Well, I have to have something that's going to pull me away from that. So I do, I do write on my arm a lot. Um, I, I love the idea of what you're Can saying. I just say, can I just say, as you, as you say this, I was talking with someone the other day who came to one of your um, sessions that you do with women. And she's like, I, so I went to this session with, with this lady, Joy Prouty, and, um, and I ended up with a tattoo on my arm. I don't even know. <laughs> okay, so, so you don't just do impermanent, you do permanent things. Oh, those things have happened, yes. Um, <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I'm right there with you, right? There needs to be some yeah. kind of long-lasting symbol so that we don't forget. Yeah. Um, and it can take a million different forms. Um, yeah. And even just simple, simple choices with when I get up in the morning, I'm going to wear some really crazy socks, you know, because then, you know, just something, something different, something out of the norm is really what I've been trying to do more of. I had once had a professor who would come, uh, a theology professor who would come always with like, he kind of would have normal clothes on, but he'd always kind of hike his pants up and you'd see his two different colored socks underneath his pants. And often they would go with like the church calendar, the colors of the church. It was just, he was a fun I love that. Well, everything that you were saying about play, you know, that's something I really feel so much, you know, this year has really caused so much of us to Mm. be so serious, you know, and it, it almost feels like we're, we're breaking a rule by, enjoying parts of things or you know there's definitely where vulnerability has been stolen because there's so much comparison well these people are hurting worse or you know I there's so much death so much pain so many people hurting and it doesn't look like it's at least in the states we are just hitting the intense point now um, yeah. and so I yeah. think it's all, there's such a level of seriousness and politics and every, there's just, there's so many things that are threatening to just make us be so grown up that yes. giving, I think just you, by you sending me the video of you playing with your son, it gave me permission yeah. to play too. Because even yeah. though we we're on opposite sides of the world, we were experiencing a similar trauma. And in the midst yep. of that trauma, I know, especially because my husband has lost people that ha- are so dear to him, that it almost feels like he's he should not experience joy, like it does a disservice to the grief or to the memory. Um, but continually reminding each other 
to play is so crucial. It's so crucial. So, you know, in that realm of you talking about parenting being an extension of creativity, really like the sock thing, like it really does work. Like I bought some cheap costumes (laughs) on Amazon, you know, like I have a Captain Marvel costume and this is like, you know, spandex, full body. (laughs) And this is for you, not for your kids. This is for you. A hundred percent for me. Yeah. And, um, you know, I got one for my husband, you know, we had, and I got like this like coat that's sparkly and gold. And when I just realized I'm being such a horrible mama, you know, just like so short with my kids and I just have nothing yeah. left, I will go put on the coat, you know, or I will put on my wow. ca- Captain Marvel outfit and I'll just turn the music up. And it just play is the only thing that has rescued me. Uh, you know, over this time. And so it's just, it's something that, that I don't think we had to access before because yeah. it seemed like, oh yeah, we could play, but in a time where everything is so heavy and so serious, it doesn't even feel like an option. And so yeah. maybe anyone hearing this, I just want them to know that not only do they have permission to play, but it, it may be the only thing that gets them through. Play, my friends, play, play, play. Um, like we haven't even got to talk wide, wider society yet, and and I think we will need to finish this episode. Like that's a whole nother thing in terms of society and the world that is around us. We've talked us in the pandemic. Maybe we can talk that another time. Yes. Um, it's just so wonderful to chat again. It's so wonderful to yes. hear um, how each of us has gotten through this time. How creativity has. Um, been the ground on which we've been able to walk and find a, a firm foundation like mm. play creativity stories imagination all these things if we let them become um, become that path through a very dark forest become our, our looking up to that dark sky and seeing the starry night um, may we continue yes. to do so Amen. may we continue to do so All the music from today's podcast is from the incredible Taylor Leonhardt. If you want to check out her stuff, go and have a look on Spotify. She is amazing. And please do join us on the Deep Place podcast on Facebook and on Instagram to find out about the various things that are going to be coming out during this season uh, and to join in the conversation and the community. Friends, it's just such an honour to do what we get to do, to share these reflections and thoughts and stories. And, and I suppose I just want to say, to finish off this, this first episode of the second season, simply to say, hey, welcome home. Especially to you who have been struggling throughout this past year and feeling really isolated, as so many of us have. Uh, may this be a place where you can find some like-minded souls to go on the journey with. Let's do this together. Welcome home. The Deep Place. (laughs) Oh, that was great.